0: So we just began last week with this conversation about our internal wiring, about our DNA, how we're made, and saying it's really important to look at these things because if, it's, if we're hardwired uniquely as humans with things that God has put into us, then if we take time to look into it, then we get a chance to live on a greater level, to experience greater life because of God's wiring in us. And so what we got to say is last week, before the fall and before sin, before any of the chaos entered into the equation, we got to see man made in the image of God, male and female made in God's image. Uh, and God, actually, God made man. He said, "It's not good that he's alone. As if he needed something else." God, he had the fullness of God. He had all of creation, and yet God said, "No, I, I, there's there's a whole nother level of need I want to bring you into." So we were made to need each other from the get go, and and, uh, and and it flies in the face of what feels like everything in our culture is constantly telling us. What our world is saying is you gotta be self-sufficient. You gotta be self-sustaining. and You gotta be self-promoting. And you gotta look out for yourself. That you gotta have it all in you alone, apart from God. And apart from human connection. You have to somehow be able to find worth and value. And the problem is, is we weren't wired that way. We were actually made to need. First God, but then each other. We got to see that beautiful picture in marriage first, but then it goes far, far, far beyond that. In other words, God's saying, listen, you were made to belong to each other and you were made to grow with each other, period. You were made to belong to each other You were made to belong. You can throw that up on the screen. And we're made to grow with each other. Made to belong with, uh, belong to, and to grow with, period. This is how we've been wired from the get-go. But something happened along the way. Something happened along the way. God hardwired us for real, authentic relationship with him and with each other. But the whole thing began to fall apart When sin entered into the equation, it began to wreak havoc on every relationship that exists. It brought chaos to marriages. It brought chaos to friendships. It brought chaos to families and every other possible relationship that's out there. It brought pain and upheaval to all of it. And this beautiful need we had for God and for each other became mired and broken in significant ways. Because Adam and Eve stepped out there and they, they believed this fundamental lie. You want to hear what the fundamental lie was? The lie is this. You don't need to be in relationship with God because you can be God. The serpent came and said, you don't have to do relationship with God or with each other because you are God. You can be just like him. That's what That was the lie. The fundamental lie that humanity has been wrestling with from the get-go is you don't have to have that because you are that. Whatever God is, you are, that's who you already are. You don't need God, you are God. And they bought it hook, line, and sinker and said, that sounds so much better than actually having to need God and need each other. We just become God. And then we can just do whatever we want. We'll have the knowledge of getting, we can do whatever we want to do. And ever since that moment, that cancer has been sitting in the human soul from the get-go. The moment that every human's conceived, carrying that cancer called sin, born with a predisposition to just make ourselves God, to follow our own way, to follow the way of the serpent. That's what we were given. It was hardwired into us at that moment. It was broken. Now, you will often hear, The world, you'll hear this phrase and you'll hear this ideology all the time. I believe that man is basically good. I believe that man is inherently good. My son got to get into debate about that when he was like in fifth grade, sixth grade? Sixth grade, he's in a debate about that in his class. He's the only one willing to raise his hand saying that he thinks mankind is evil. And man, he took it. Took it on the chin. He was a champ. I was so proud. I would go into that story. We don't have time. You know, so it was like my, my, my proudest moment as a father ever. My son's like in there. Yeah, man, we're evil. And I'm like, oh, well, all right. Let's go for this. What do I mean by that? Let's talk about it. Man's inherently good. Doesn't that sound good to say that? It sounds so good to say that. We're so good. We do good things. Really? Is man really inherently good? Why do you lock your doors at night? If man's good, why do you lock your doors at night? You lock your doors at night because there's evil and badness out there. To which you might say, well, yeah, but that's just a few people. There's a few bad seeds out there. And they will do bad things because, you know, they've been in a world in which they, you know, kicked them down. They have some kind of need. So, you know, they respond out of that. Few, few bad people making a few bad decisions. A few people? Can, can we just be honest? It's, it's not a few people. Anybody just remember the toilet paper situation of March 2020? <laughs> you remember that? Yeah, we're going there. I mean, all of a sudden, everyone became a radical narcissist over their bathroom hygiene. I mean... The whole world was going, uh, your your tail doesn't matter as much as mine does. And I'm going to hoard. We became narcissistic hoarders overnight. Come on. It was kind of funny, except for you who are down to a few sheets left and you are cursing mankind. Guys. Now, I'm not, listen, I'm not a doomsday person. I don't live in that world. I'm I'm a general optimist, but I gotta be honest with you. We're one economic downturn from absolute chaos. If the pandemic didn't show us a few of those things, that it's not just a few bad seeds, people hear this. Mankind is broken apart from God, broken, deeply broken. To which you're thinking, man, these are, these are the good, warm, fuzzies I always expect to experience here at church. It's good. All right. All right. Even in all that mess, God wants to explain how he handles this situation. And He's going to bring us to Ephesians chapter two. And it is, listen, if, if you have any text that you haven't had a chance to memorize, you're going to, what, what's, what's some good scripture memorize? Ephesians chapter two one through 10, change your life. Okay? And here's what God says. You were dead in trespasses, sins, in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, that's the serpent, the spirit that's now at work in sons of disobedience. Among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. That's the description. Everyone listened to the serpent. And so we don't need God, and we don't need others. We are God. That's what we followed. Verse four. But God. Best butt you've ever seen. That was so awkward. Pastor should never say it. I'm sorry. But God. Being rich in mercy. Being rich in mercy. Because of the great love with which he has loved us. Even when we were dead in our trespasses, he made us alive together with Christ by grace You've been saved and raised us up with him and seated us with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace in kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Came in here with your head low or you had a rough week or a rough month or it's been a rough year. God is here saying, even when you were dead, I so loved you. I'm going to raise you up from the dead and I'm going to seat you with my son so that forever people will know I am kind. I'm I'm ready to redeem and restore the thing that was stolen from you the thing that the serpent lied to you about I'm coming and I'm giving you life and this is the heart of the God we come to no one has to stay on the outside God's arms wide open in Christ you and I have Radical access, unfettered, unhindered, total access. Yeah, but Keith, you don't know what I've done. That's the point. That's the point. Everybody in here has, you don't know what I've done. Every one of us has that, but you don't know. God does. And when you were dead in the what you don't know about me, when you were dead in that, God so loved you he sent his son to pay a price so that you and I could be seated with him in heavenly places. Who is this God? That's who you are now. Whatever you're, but you don't know about me, guess what? That's not who you are anymore. Now you're seated with Christ in heavenly places. That's who you are. You come into this house. You need to hear the truth. You're seated with him in heavenly places. For by grace, verse eight, you've been saved through faith, meaning believing, trusting. And this is not your own doing. It's the gift of God, not a result of works so that no one may boast. In other words, you're saved from having to be God anymore. What a blessing. Take the weight off right now. You think you gotta be God for your business or God for your family or God for your spouse or God for your kids or God for the whoever. Make sure you gotta uphold all the things and keep juggling all the balls and God's going not. It's by grace you've been saved through faith and even that's a gift to you so that when we come before the Lord, no one's boasting and saying, I'm God, the way of the serpent saying, oh no, I just need you. What a gift to come in here and to be able to say, I need. I'm not the God. And in exchange for that freedom of being our own God, we get God and his radical, white, hot affection for you. That's what we get. (laughs) Crazy exchange. Crazy exchange. The only thing that's too good to be true that actually is true in all of the world. And then he finishes with this. And this will finish us out. We'll take this and just finish out this morning. For, so he did all these amazing things. For we are his workmanship. Created in Christ Jesus for good works. Hear this, which God, by the way, prepared beforehand that we should walk in them, which means God designed you from eternity past. Let that blow your mind for a moment. So that when you came forward and were broken, you actually had a way to start stepping into the very reason you were breathed out and created in this life. Like straight access to stepping into a grander design and purpose than you could ever put forward for yourself. More meaning and purpose on your life than you could possibly imagine. You have more significance and design and purpose than you could possibly understand. And that is why God came to give us life and life to the full to walk in it. That Christ, in Christ, we've been restored from the selfish way of following the serpent, trying to become God, single-minded, broken selves. And we've been made into these powerful, radical, thriving expressions of the goodness and kindness of God to the world around us. That's now what you are. You're a radical expression of the kindness and the greatness of God. That's who you are. Let me say it again. You are a radical expression of the powerful, kind, merciful God to the world around you. That's who you are. This is who you are. This is who I am. It's in our DNA in Christ. You don't have Christ, you don't get this. You're just running around looking for purpose and hope. But if you're in Christ, all of a sudden, you've been transformed into a game changer. We have this inherent design from the beginning, inherent in us, made to feel and to Experience and then express the fullness of God. Feel it, experience it, hold it, and then express that to the world. Made for good works. Why? So that the world would know. He's kind. He's so good that the whole world would get to hear. They actually have been made with design and purpose too. and each expression which is each one of us is a unique expression not alone word here that he says for you are god's workmanship created in Christ root word the word for workmanship is the word poema it's the greek word guess what word we get from that poem for you are god's poetry created in Christ to do amazing things, which God prepared beforehand so that the world would know how amazing he is, period. And here's why that's so huge. Because on a kind of a gray and stormy and drizzly Sunday morning, you can drag yourself into church. By the way, you all get credit in Christ. All right, it's, it was gloomy outside, and it's the 9 a.m. service, so we see your dedication to Jesus, okay? Just kidding, are you guys joining online, you sort of got there. I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding. Love you, I know, some of you are out of town. It's good, awesome. Just kidding, that's not a thing in the Bible, just for clarity. God doesn't do that. That was a pastor joke, it's not a God thing, okay. Good. When you do that, it's easy to come in here and think, I don't have much to bring. and I kind of feel run down. And I've really felt short this week, or I failed. I didn't measure up this week. And we tend to want to show up a little bit impish and feel tiny and feel nothing and feel insignificant. And in fact, the world's kind of saying if you don't have this many followers, you're probably not that really significant. And if you don't have this, and if you don't have this income, and if you don't have this socioeconomic status, and you don't, if you aren't this, you're not really relevant. This is what the constant, the constant message is. And it's easy to come in and just think, I'm not bringing much to the table here. I'm just trying to kind of get by. How horrible. Because the opposite. It's the opposite of what the scripture is saying. The scripture here is saying God died on a cross. God died on a cross. So that the reality of those shortcomings come against the finished work of the cross and all of a sudden we went from dead in trespasses to you are the poetry of God. You're the poetry of God. you're in Christ, you're his poetry, and you're meant to touch the world around you. That's who you are now. You can come in here and go, I don't have much to give. And God's saying, baloney. (laughs) You have no idea. There's no one else like you in all the earth. Unique fingerprint of God on you. He's saying here, you're valuable. You were valuable. You are valuable. You are valuable. You are valuable. You're valuable. You're valuable. In Christ, we get a whole brand new identity. That's so different than what the world's constantly saying, which is you're not enough and you aren't measuring up and you've got to do more and you've got to achieve more and you've got to accomplish more or you're not enough. And God's saying, no, no, no. Before the world began. I already told you you were enough, and I secured it in my son. So you don't have to come in here head held low. You get to come in here held, head held high. I can't say it, head held high. I'll say that 10 times fast. Say, so you're a unique and beautiful expression of the God of the universe, and you need to be shared. You. You need to be shared. What good is a poem if no one ever gets to read it? It might be cathartic for the author, but it ain't helping anyone. How many of you have ever been blessed by a song or poem or a meal or a hug or an encouragement or a blessing from someone else? Someone else had their little thing and they gave it away and it just changed you. It touched you. Message, the talk, the podcast, the. Prayer, the tears, trips, the hugs, whatever they are. These gifts that someone else has given away to you. And what God is just saying is, listen, we can't just be recipients. We also carry something that we were meant to give away as well. And that we really won't, we will not experience the fullness of life until our gifts, our uniqueness, our hearts are being shared and given away to others. I love coming in and I love getting and receiving from the Lord. And man, sometimes there's just those days you need to hear the truth of what God has to say over you and nothing else. I love those days. Those are good days, all right? But then you got a good king who's going, yeah, I want you to get it. But brother, sister, I want you to give that away. And you, uniquely in you. We tend to think, well, the only way we gotta give it away is we gotta become a preacher. Heaven help us if we all became preachers, seriously. I mean, this one is enough, right? I mean, good. We got one in the community here. We can get a couple more of you to help out. But really, what we need is just more than that. I need you and your expression. We're meant to belong to a family and then to start growing together. We belong and we grow because that's what Jesus did with his dudes And his followers, gals too, he brought them all in. And say, let's come in. You bring the good, bad, and the ugly. Bring all of it. And then we just give away what God has given to us. If you're going, well, yeah, I got some good, but I got some bad and ugly. Good. That's called a testimony. If you have bad and ugly in you, it's called a testimony. This is what I am. This is what I have been. This is what I am. And this is what God is changing and moving in me. And I'm asking him to do it, and I can't do anything about it, but I'm bringing it to him. That's called a call testimony. If you come in and go, oh, yeah, but you don't know my, my, my bad and ugly. Well, God does, and he's at work at it. So you get to open up your hands and say, I got this, but God's working on it. And then we don't have to come in with church face like we got it all figured out. We just get to come in here being good, bad, and ugly, and then just say, God, but God's in, God's moving, brother, sister, right? So that when we ask the question, how's your week? And you, you don't have to say, good. You can be like, it was horrible but God's working. I was a jerk this week and I'm repenting. That's my week. You know, I'm not mine personally, but I'm just saying, but it it can happen. I have, I've had those weeks. You can ask my wife or my kids, right? So here's how God says it in first Corinthians 12. He says, for just as the body is one of verse, chapter twelve, verse twelve. Just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body. So it is with Christ. For in one Spirit we're all baptized into one body: Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all were made to drink of one Spirit. In other words, saying. The Holy Spirit does not discriminate in any way, shape, or form. All the equality that the world is desperate for come to the Holy Spirit. He doesn't discriminate, right? It says, doesn't matter what your past religious affiliation is or what your income or your affluence or your influence or any of those things. I don't need any of those things to manifest my life and power in you. I'm not looking for that. You don't have to have a certain income level to somehow become effective in my kingdom. You're my workmanship created in Christ for good works. I don't need anything from you except for you to bring your hands open and say, Fill me, use me. Verse 14, for the body does not consist of one member, but of many. Now we're gonna read this out loud together so that this gets infused in our soul. Can you put that back up there? For the body, is this, I'm sorry, sorry. I didn't, one, two, I'm, I didn't make it, you were ready. We're, we're saying this, sorry. i just, I'm ready to get into this. All right, one, two, three. Four, whoa, 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 wait, sorry, sorry. Hey, Nikki, can you leave that up for, Leave that up. All right. All right. You ready? All right. We're going to get this. Sorry. I didn't have my notes together. All right. One, two, three. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many, 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 all of us. It can't just be the peeps on the platform. It has to be more. Verse 15. If the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body. That would make not make it any less a part of the body. If the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I don't belong to the body. That would not make it any less a, uh, a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, then where would be the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them, as he chose... If all were a single member, where would the body be, as it is, there are many parts yet, one body. what God is saying, real plain, real clear. You are needed. Why? Because God made us to need him and need each other. Therefore you're needed. Might be like second Sunday here ever at this church. You're needed. You're bringing something to this equation. We need each other. We're not robots that don't have needs. We need each other. I need my feet. I need my hands. My nose. I'm so glad my feet don't do what my nose does. Can we all just say amen to that? That would be horrible. The smell center was down there. It's bad. Can we just, Right? But you know why Paul's writing that? That's kind of like the apostolic healthy way to say, like, how awful would it be if we were all the same thing? But the lie is, if I don't have that gift, I'm not relevant. Here's the lie. If I don't do the cool stuff on the platform, often, most people actually don't want to be on the platform. It's like, you're more afraid of speaking up here than you are of dying. Statistically, that's actually true. More people would rather die than speak in front of people. So maybe you don't want to be up here, but it's easy to look across and go, well, I'll never be as savvy as Ben. Or I'll never be as hospitable as Darren and Julie. I'll never be as smart as Kevin. And what we do is we just bring that around all the time and go, well, I don't have that. I'm not that. I'm not not like that guy. I'm not like that. I don't have their marriage. I don't have their kid. I don't have any of that. And so I'm disqualified. And Paul's going, whoa, 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 whoa. Since when was God ever asking you to be the Joneses? When? And it hadn't happened. We need each other because everyone's bringing something unique and different to the party. All right? Somebody got to bring queso. Somebody got to bring guac. If everybody's bringing guac, we got a jacked up party. Come on. Y'all bring guac. Nobody's bringing chips. This thing doesn't work. Can we just be honest? Verse 27. Now, you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. And God has appointed in the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles and gifts of healing, helping, administration and various kinds of tongues are all apostles. Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Do all work miracles? Do all possess gifts of healing? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? The rhetorical answer here is no. No, no. No, we're all carrying something unique and different. We aren't all the same thing. My wife and I couldn't be more different. In fact, most marriages, there's a few that are the same. Most marriages, these are just like direct opposites. And it feels like it might be like, that was a bad idea. We can't, we're not the same at all. We think differently about everything. And what God's saying is, no, 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 no. Dude, you so badly need her. Sweet dear daughter, you so badly need him. And so on and so forth. Marriage is just the first place, but it happens all throughout. No, 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 no. You're not supposed to be that exact person. I need you to be you because you're my poetry created to change the earth. And the only way that you can. And so it can be threatening to not have somebody else's gifts, or it can just be like, oh my gosh, thank you, God, I'm around that person that has those gifts. I don't have those. It's One of the coolest things I've learned in my time in ministry, thank God, I don't have the thing, and somebody else does. If we didn't have some people with some gifts of administration in this church, we wouldn't be a church anymore. i can just be honest with you. It'd just be me flapping my gums all the time. There's no way we can make stuff happen without other people who have the gifts to make the things go. Some have gathering gifts or teaching gifts or creative gifts or apostolic gifts. You like to start things from the ground. Some of you got prophetic gifts. You just inherently know it. You're hearing God's voice and you have a sense of what he's doing. Some of you have hospitality. You just make people feel welcome. It talks about administration, right? There's there's people that have it, people that don't, but we need every, we need all of these things. Some of these things, by the way, we get to do together on Sundays, but some of these things happen far outside of the four walls of this church, with each other and with the world around us. Hear that? But we're all bringing stuff to the equation. Some of we get to use here, some of we get to use outside. Sometimes we get to use it at the grocery store, but we're using our gifts to touch the world, period. We're using our uniqueness to touch the world. And so how do we do that? And uh, Kenji, you can come up. We're gonna finish out. How do we get to grow in our giftings here? Number one, listen, search out God. If you're not sure, you gotta ask God the question, how have you uniquely made me? What have you made me for? This is a great question. I wanna say you young guys, young guys in here, young guys and gals, guys that are still in school, would you ask this question? What have you made me for? What have you made me to do? What have I been hardwired to do? What is this incredible work that you've put in me? And then number two, then you got you to gotta bring, bring it. You Just got to bring it. You got to say, hey, I could stay on the sidelines or I could just dial in and come in and be a part of this. I could bring, I can bring something to the equation. I'm, I get, Listen, we talk about getting in these groups, not because we think it's a cool program, but because when we come together, you get to bring something unique and important. Something happens when you come into the room. And if you believe otherwise, you've misunderstood the heart of God. When you walk into a room, something happens. You're carrying something. And so, what I would just say, and we use this uh, picture a lot wherever you go, the kids drop offline, the grocery store, Sunday together your group that you're going to be a part of this semester, would you come in? Would you get your hands open? Might even walk in a little bit awkwardly if you have to, but just if it helps you to remember, come in hands open and say, I'm coming to number one, to receive from God and to receive from other, but I'm also coming to give when I come together. I'm ready to give. And sometimes we receive more and sometimes we give more, but most of the time we get to do both. But listen, What's the saddest thing on the planet is when we come not ready to receive, not ready to give, but just to show up and get by. And God's going, no, I have so much more for you than that. You bring something when you walk into the room. And as sure as I'm looking at your faces, I can tell you exactly what you bring into the room. Looking at faces, when you walk into the room, I feel something. Those of you that I get to know, bring something. And then we just finish. We just say, listen, we're going to lean into humility. We lean into humility. And I'm going to tell you why we lean into humility. Because humility says, listen, one, the gifts that I'm bringing, I'm not here to show off my awesome gifts because some of you have some amazing. No, you all have amazing gifts and it would be easy to go boast. And the Lord's saying, that's not what that's about. You got some great stuff to bring. This is not about how showing off how awesome you are. It's just bringing to serve and love people. But here's what humility also does. And you need to hear this. Because humility also says, God can use me to touch people's lives. True humility says, I believe God can use me to touch people's lives. That's not a prideful statement. That's a statement of humility. I believe and I trust. And that's what God wants us to do together. There may be people that feel like they can run circles around you in all kinds of different ways. Hear this. You're bringing something to the equation. It's why we come together here. But listen, it's why we're a part of these groups. It's why we do this. Is you gotta bring something. You have something to give. And no one wants to just skate by in life. I don't know anyone who doesn't wanna be thriving and flourishing. God's given us the ability. You guys stand with me. I'm just gonna pray a prayer of blessing over you as, hear this, as the workmanship, you are the poetry of the God of the universe. And if you feel comfortable, I encourage you to hold your hands out just to receive this truth and word over you. You don't have to do it. It's nothing magical about this, but I do want you to receive in this moment. You are dead in trespasses and sins. But God so radically loved you and was so for you and had such design and purpose on you before you were ever born that by his grace and through the faith that's in you right now, you were saved. You are now made alive. And hear this. You right now are seated with God in Christ in heavenly places, which Christ is at the right hand of the Father. So here you are. You stand at the right hand of the Father with Christ because you in Christ Are his poetry. And God is releasing you in the beauty and life that he has given you to the world. You're no longer meant to slide by quietly, you're meant to be used to touch the world so that people know the kindness of God. So may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace in the journey. In the name of Jesus, the Messiah, Savior, author of life, and King of the world pray. Amen. Amen. Guys, blessings on you as you go. We have a few prayer partners ready to pray with you about anything going on in your world. We'd love to do that. Grab some coffee on your way out. We'll see you next week. Blessings.